Good morning, everyone. And it's a beautiful Sunday, um, end of what we call quarter one in 2023. And so we've basically seen three months of the year go through already. And I just want to share a few reflections on our personal finance outlook. So it's been a really busy time across the world where we've seen successive governments. Um, you've seen the European Central Bank. You've seen the Americans. We've seen the UK raise interest rates. Um, we've also seen the failure of a couple of banks in the States. And there's a little bit more uncertainty about where global finances are really moving to. It's a very, very strange time for us. Um, so what does that really, um, what does that mean um, for us and our personal money, our personal finances? Well, I'll share with you a few of our thoughts. So from an income perspective, a lot of um, government narrative has been talking about the fact that incomes have been increasing um, around the kind of five to 10 percent mark. That means people have been getting pay rises uh, around the five or 10 percent mark. And that's been suggested has been fueling inflation. So inflation is the gradual rising of prices in the economy. Um, and it can be driven by a few things, either because supply of goods is low or because demand of goods is high. Uh, what we've actually seen is that you've got both happening for different reasons, which we won't go into now. Um, but there are two, there are different reasons why we've got higher prices right now. The reality is for a lot of us, any 5 and 10% pay rises hasn't necessarily felt like a lot because it's just been getting sucked up um, by the goods that we're buying. So it may be the case that incomes have been increasing in pockets by 5 and 10%. Um, unfortunately, some of that has also been driven by hardworking people going on strike because they feel they haven't had fair conditions. So it's not been a necessarily a great situation in terms of income because 5 and 10% hasn't quite been enough um, to, to absorb the actual real rate of inflation in our economies. Um, and some people have had to work really hard for it and unfortunately say strike for it. So um, income has been in relative terms broadly flat. Uh, when I say relative, I mean relative to the rate of inflation has been broadly flat or we're, we're, we're still losing money. Um, it points that we that we still have potentially uh, a real income problem. And when we look at ways to improve ourselves, at ways to take ourselves forward for, for the next quarter, solving an income problem may be it. Now, it's not easy. Uh, in as much as figuring out new um, reliable ways to bring in new income is for many not the simplest thing in the world. If it were, we'd all be doing it. Um, but different, you know, difficult times call for call for big, important decisions um, and changing the way we do things. And I think a lot of that might need to be rethinking how we can create income. Uh, the digital economy has created what they actually call a creator economy. So it's where you're able to, as a normal person, create digital goods, which you can then obviously distribute, sell on an online marketplace. Um, we've played around with it a little bit, actually, avoiding broke team. Um, we've created a bookstore. So we've got, I don't know, approaching 50 digital books. Uh, and they, they don't earn a lot of money. But, you know, we, we created them once and we do have a, a regular 
monthly additional income that flows in. It's not a lot at all, um, but it, we're just getting started, right? So I'm not expecting anything big right now, but it's just something. I just wanted to try different ways of um, of improving my income situation. So we've done that. Um, we've also got like a, an art store selling art prints. Uh, nothing's come of that yet. But again, it's not very old, but at least we've given that a go. So that's kind of sitting there. Um, and there are some other things that we're looking to do using our skills. Um, so, for example, we're both considering doing some kind of private tuition or mentoring, either for things like banking, finance, economics, um, or getting things like graduate jobs where we've got a bit of um, experience and skill in helping recruitment. So, I mean, just that's to give you just an, an example of how you can use your skills to to try to help others help solve some of their problems and in turn help your own income situation um all right so just look at the other side of the equation then uh in terms of cost the cost picture for the for a lot of the world is well it, it's, it's still looking quite strange right because we've still got prices that are increasing um inflation is still high which is the reason that um it's the justification that central banks have used to raise interest rates in March just gone. So those real prices, although they're expected to come down, the thinking is inflation is still running high. And for many of us, we're still seeing um, very high prices in our day-to-day goods. Uh, I was out yesterday and did see that the cost of petrol, which I've not bought for a little while, the cost of petrol, so gasoline, seems to have come down significantly here in the UK. So that's a that's a good thing. That's obviously really welcome. Um, but if you look at the cost of food, um, it's still unbelievably high and goods are getting adjusted in price, adjusted upwards. I feel it's like I feel it's every week or every certainly every other week, um, which is which is too frequent for most household budgets to be able to absorb. I mean, even if you've got a monthly, given how many people live paycheck to paycheck, even if you see the price of goods increase on a monthly basis, it's very difficult for um, normal incomes to just accept. So that's, that's been pretty tough. Um, so I think what we're hoping to see, we're waiting to see, is if head, headline rates of inflation do actually drop um, in, April, in, well, in, the, in the coming months. So part of the thinking is that high energy costs have been skewing, um, making it look artificially high, the rate of inflation. And so part of the thinking is that energy cost, higher energy cost was factored in um, to this last period in March, where they recalculate, where they decided on, um, where they looked at the rate of inflation. Part of the thinking is that's going to fall away um, from the next calculation. And so hopefully that should mean that the determination is that inflation is indeed coming down, which can then allow interest rates to um, at least be held rather than go up because obviously every time they go up anybody who's for example on a variable rate mortgage who's already let's say a tracker oh yeah big problem right so um it's because their mortgage has got a lot more expensive so hopefully we can get a little bit more stability in that on that front um when you then look at the picture for savings and investments um i think nothing much has really changed so when interest rates increase the hope for all savers is that the banks will pass on the interest rate to the savers. So that means that because banks can charge more on their debt, 
And so the theory is that banks should be able to pass on more of the interest rate increase to savers um, because it's savers money who banks lend out ultimately. We've not been seeing that. And that's been one of the big um, challenges that have impacted normal retail savers like us is the fact that if you've got a few pounds in the bank, it it has not um, you have not been earning the in- an interest a rate of interest reflective of the interest in the economy. So that's a big problem. So very few, if you look at interest rates now, hovering around let's just say four and a half percent, very few people have actually been earning four and a half percent or anything close to it on their savings. And so that's the criticism is that the interest rate um, opportunity is not being passed on. There's no reason to think any of that is going to change anytime soon. There's not been any indication to suggest um, any change in bank policies, bank approaches to uh, give more of that high interest rate um, through to savers. I can't, I'm not predicting anything, but I'm saying we have to make decisions based on um, the interest rate passed through being roughly the same which means that there's still going to be a bit of a disparity between the headline rate of interest that we see in the economy versus that which we're obtaining um, as savers. What that means is that don't bank on interest rates to get rich, right? That's what it means to me, at least anyway. I think it calls for just a lot more balance for us to see um, higher interest rates being more about um, economic corrections. Um, Banks may be looking to uh, make up for a lot of years of not having um, of, of having lower margin lending, of not having quite as much um, profit in their lending, and also they're being asked to uh, potentially hold more capital on the bank on the back of the bank failings in America. So when you add that together, it po- it points to not seeing as much interest rates um, higher of the higher interest rates getting passed on to consumers, and banks maybe just storing a little bit more which may also then mean there's a bit of a reduction in the amount of money that's going to be lent out. So that's just one thing to look out for. Um, like I say, I think it's we've got to just make our decisions. Um, added to that, then, the point about investing. Um, and investing, again, becomes quite interesting. You know, we've seen a lot of... Uh, on the back of the bank failings in the States. Um, there's nothing that ultimately has shouted confidence uh, when we look at when we look at things like say equity investing in bank shares in 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 in, in any bank assets really because when we saw the credit suite situation um, what happened is that the people who were wiped out first were the people who held um, who were the were the were the, were the bondholders and that caught a lot of them off guard they did not expect to be completely wiped out um, and have their bonds reduced to pretty much zero. So there's a degree of caution then that we all need to have because we're seeing just how fragile some of this equity investing or some of this markets investing really is. I think that's the big one that I would probably want to take away for myself is um, markets investing is just is just so unpredictable and haphazard right now. It's, it's difficult to even see why you do it because it, I, I don't see how you can sleep well at night. You know, on the back of some of this news that may not even be in your own country, may not even be in your own kind of microeconomy, you're seeing several percent wiped off um, 
institutions that you may invest in. So, for example, when Credit Suisse collapsed, we saw a host of banks that have got a headquartered in the UK lose, I think, roughly, let's just say around 5%, um, so let's say 3 to 5% of their value um, just because of lack of confidence. When you're in that situation, it's difficult to see why you'd even stay exposed to it. I mean, God, some people want to try to make a lot of money and others, I guess, want to sleep well at night. Sometimes it's difficult to see how you do both. I don't know, just one to think about there. And, and I guess when I look at the investing picture, there's a lot less activity um, that myself and my circle are, are looking at because we value good sleep um, more than more than unpredictable margins right now. So, um, yeah, I, I, look, everyone has to do their own research. Has, you have to um, do what you're comfortable with. But we're more happy just to kind of stay um, with money in cash, keep it there and just see what's happening. And, you know, that's, that is also a similar summary for, for the property market. You know, property, real estate is, uh, has been, well, prices have been a, a, apparently going down for the last few months. We've seen some of the um, largest falls in, 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 house, in, house, in house asking prices um, in several years, actually. Uh, this is apparent. This is a, this is what's being reported. How true it is, I'm not too sure. Um, what would you what would you really make of it? Well, the reason that I'm not so keen on on real estate um, at the minute is it's not just about the cost of investing today. You know, when you're looking at real estate, it's a long term play, so you need to be quite confident, or as confident as you can be, in the future potential of the economy that you're investing in. And it's just difficult to be that confident right now. You know, and that might sound um, that might sound a bit irrational on the back of the fact that we go through cycles and typically over time, property comes through absolutely fine. So it, if, if you can hold it through cycles, you can normally withstand variance and such that property becomes a, a, a fine decision um, as an investment over time. Uh, I totally buy it. I just think it's a lot harder for me to see that right now. Um, equally. You could argue that it would have been a lot harder for people in the past to see it. But I think the big difference is that the cost of property relative to real incomes in the past was a lot cheaper. Right. So so the cost to buy your home as a multiplier of your salary, it, you, well, it was a, it, property simply cost a lot relative to what you earn. If you look now, average salary, average salary may be around twenty five thousand pounds, for example. Average property is nearer two hundred and fifty thousand pounds. So you've got a you've got a ten x multiplier on on that property relative to your salary. So you're you're in theory you're taking more risk because you're you're having to gamble a bigger proportion of what you earn over potentially a longer period of time. Um, and when you're doing that for investing reasons, I mean it's it can be a little bit harder to it can be a little bit harder to accept. Not saying it's not the right thing to do. I'm not saying that I wouldn't still look to do it if this if the situation were right, for example. But I'm saying I think it takes a lot more. A lot more careful decision making, especially given the cost of things like stamp duty, um, especially given the fact that all your your legals, your fees have gone up, um, refurbishments, the, the cost of all um, all building trades has increased as well. So, so those costs have increased. So, you know, that investing picture, real estate picture, I think still uncertain. And, and we're probably just waiting a little bit to see that work itself out as well. And. You know, then I, I think that's broadly where we are, guys. It's, it's almost like um, uh, a pretty unpredictable little bit of a flat time when, in summary, 
we have got a chance to review our income situation. And that's becoming more and more necessary, I think, as the months go on, where we're not seeing an awful lot happening in terms of uh, not a lot where we necessarily can be confident about investing. Um, and so we have to probably, we should, it's probably not have to, but we, it's probably worth like, being cautious depending on your situation. Um, in terms of saving, the bank pass-through is quite low and they're under a bit of criticism for it. Um, but holding your money in cash may still remain the smartest thing you can do, um, or, it's, or at least it's what we're doing, just because it, you know, you're making a trade-off. The more you invest in unpredictable things is the, is the less well you sleep. So you've got this decision to make between, um, you know, do I want to kind of chase the, chase the, chase the upside, or would I rather just sleep well for a little bit of time and then, and then kind of reload and go again? Um, it's only only individuals can make their choices, right? Everyone's got to make their own decision, um, but that's what I think it's coming down to, um, and that's how we're kind of balancing up our, our choices here, and we're choosing to sleep well at night rather than, um, rather than chase the upside. I think there's going to be time for it. But let's, we're sleeping well. We're playing around with some income generation opportunities, um, keeping costs low always, 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 because it's it's really just a, a basic discipline point. Just keep those costs low, um, not worrying too much about the investing horizon. I think there'll be opportunities, but I I just don't feel instinctively good about it right now. So just kind of keeping a bit more relaxed, um, yeah, and taking a lot of time to just get some good habits. You know, sleeping well eating well, exercising a lot, resting, meditating, doing all those things that ultimately they make you a stronger, fitter, happier, healthier person. Um, and that's it, guys. That's it. That is the end of Q1 uh, outlook from AB on, on personal finance. Um, we wish all of you the best of luck. And if you have any thoughts, reflections, comments, queries, uh, let us know. You can find us on all platforms at Avoiding Broke. All right. Till then, have a great weekend. Speak to you soon. Bye. listening we really hope you enjoyed that episode we'd love to hear from you especially any feedback that you have so please do get in touch the easiest way is on linkedin instagram facebook or on twitter and guys the, the ideas that we cover in this podcast um are, are based on fundamentals that we've been spending time on and covering a book called avoiding broke um, which is available on amazon and crucially for us, we are continuously learning. Um, so please, as Leanne says, do send your feedback in. Uh, share with us any ideas that you have, any comments, questions. And we would love for you to be part of this great journey that we're on um, to improve our financial education and improve our financial life. <laughs>